Hello, my pancakes. Did you miss me? Welcome to the Scallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. What a few months. Glad to be back. We've uh, been a little busy with uh, Yvonne being pregnant and uh, some other things happening, but glad to be back. Hopefully it won't be three months until you uh, hear us again. Um, I thought I'd just come on and uh, recap our wonderful baby moon trip. As uh, everyone knows, Yvonne's pregnant. Uh, Still unclear if I'm the father. We haven't done the paternity test yet, but pretty sure I'm the father. Uh, Baby's due in January. Uh, Boy, we're very excited. So we decided to do a two-week trip to mostly Copenhagen a couple weeks ago. Because I'm not sure when we're going to get back to Europe after the baby. Um, Probably will be a few years, so we have to go to our favorite place, which is Copenhagen. And uh, we hadn't been there. Obviously, (laughs) I don't know if you guys know, but COVID's happening. So uh, we hadn't gone anywhere overseas in two years. We were super excited to go. Um, This was like kind of... I think we're kind of past the Delta variant thing now, but when Europe, uh, a couple weeks before we go, put the U.S. on a red list, and we were worried, and everyone was like, you're not going to be able to go, and we're like, no, fuck it. This thing's got explicit. We're going. So we were all nervous. The day, So we, we flew through London. So London to Copenhagen. Charlotte, London, Copenhagen. Just flying through London, you had to get a negative test just to fly through. Didn't leave the airport. And then to go, all Denmark ended up requiring was that you had a, vac- a vaccination. So you had to show them your U.S. vaccination. So we were so worried. We like got a PCR test and an antigen test. And uh, so many things were stuck up my nose. But it ended up not being that big of a deal. Literally nobody checked it in the U.K. It was all on the airlines to make sure that you had it. But... Nobody through customs or anything checked it. When we got to Copenhagen, they just looked at the vaccine for like two seconds. And uh, then we were through. So it really wasn't a big deal. In Denmark, they have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. And they have almost a 0% COVID rate. So they had totally lifted all their restrictions. No masks, no anything. So it was really nice. It was kind of back to normal. Um there we got a uh, awesome airbnb so the first couple times we went this i think is our fifth trip or sixth trip we always stayed in the city center which is cool but super touristy De- copenhagen in general isn't super touristy but this is the tourist section it's right you know in the old center really cool so this time we decided that we were going to go a little bit out um and towards uh, Fredericksburg. I'm not sure if I said that right. I'm sorry to our Danish listeners. So, But Copenhagen is very navigable. That's one thing that I really love about it. It's a, it's a small city. It's literally the, um, the total population of Copenhagen. It's like 1.3 million metro. That's, I'm pretty sure Charlotte's bigger. So it's a similar size to Charlotte, but what they've done is they've just developed 
a great public transportation system. Their subway is amazing. The subway literally comes, they only have three lines, or four lines, I guess. Um, but it comes to every stop every two minutes, like on the dot, all the time. Like, it's never late. They've got, it, everything just runs. It, it's, when you come from America and you're used to, like, everything being delayed and we don't know when the light rail's coming in Charlotte or you go to New York and, like, the subway is disgusting and not reliable and takes a long time. This thing they have down to the second, not just the subway, the trains, the buses, everything. So what's nice is when you get, when you land in Copenhagen, the subway goes literally right, almost to the gate. <laughs> it's like you walk right out of baggage claim and the subway and the train station are right there. So to get into town, to the main um, Kanyan's Nightdorf, which is kind of the main stop or the or the main train station, takes 15 minutes. And then once you're there, pretty much any place in Kobe you can get on the subway in five, ten minutes, which is great. Um, they actually built a new line since we had been there, which really made Copenhagen a lot more accessible all over town. So if you're going to go there and you're going to stay there for a few days, my recommendation, you can get, you can pay every ride or you can get a 24-hour up to five-day pass. We did a five-day pass and it just makes it easy. You just, you, you download the app, you keep it on your phone, and then if anyone asks you for it, you just show it to them. It's not just a subway. It's every basically everything in Metro Copenhagen. So if you're trying to go certain places, like when we went to Jona, uh, we had to take the train. It makes it super easy. So getting around there is is way... It's very simple. And I would just say, you know, there's there's some listeners out there. You know who you are. That you get... You're nervous about traveling. You're like, hey... I don't know how to do this. I need a Jason to plan all this stuff. That's how Yvonne feels, because I plan everything. It's really not that hard. You just have to, you have to be understanding that you're in a foreign country. You're not in control. You don't quite know everything that's going on. But people are always friendly. And you have this thing called a phone. And Doodle is amazing. <laughs> It'll tell you like where to go all the time, what to do, what train to take. So it's really not hard. Just you, you, sometimes you're gonna get on the wrong train. That happens every once in a while. But that leads to another adventure, and that makes it fun. Last time we were in Copenhagen, uh, I got we Yvonne and I got separated. I got on the train, and she didn't. And the train I got on ended up going in the wrong way. So I ended up like somewhere in Sweden, and she actually got back to the place. And she didn't even have a phone, didn't know what she was doing, and she made it all the way back. And I was very proud of her. So, um, but I would just say, you know, when you're planning a trip, when I plan a trip like this for two weeks, we we don't really like, we used to, like if we were going for a week in Europe, we tried to hit three cities. We don't do that anymore because, A, I'm too old for that. And it's just hard when you're in a city for two days to get, I like now to get a sense of the city and like really try to learn the neighborhoods and like have a feel for what it's like to live there. Um, if you go to like, you know, Paris or someplace for two days, it's really hard to get that, especially you're going to see all the highlights and then you're not going to get to see the kind of off the beaten trail stuff. So, um, and 
I've just realized that we're not going to be able to see everything in the world. You know, there's so many countries. So I kind of like to have a home base, especially on these longer trips. So what we did here, we did a two-week, just rented an Airbnb in Tobania for two weeks. But then we decided to do a weekend in uh, south of France uh, to go to Mirazur. So that was kind of our uh, a way to do the home base in Copenhagen and then kind of do a little side trip. But we didn't really have to, you know, we could leave most of our stuff in Copenhagen. We'd pack a smaller bag. Just makes it easier and nice. And uh, what's nice about Copenhagen, too, is the airport's amazing. You can, once you're there, you can get anywhere in Europe, pretty much direct flight. So I love that as well. So we get to Copenhagen, and I we also, you know, you're listening to this podcast. We plan all of our trips around restaurant reservations. So I had gotten us a year and a half ago. <laughs> I had I had made reservations. We were going to go last summer um, to Noma again and then to Alchemist. Those were the two big restaurants we really wanted to hit. So I had made those and then they were so nice to um, basically let us delay. Alchemist was like, just email us when you can come back. So we kept on delaying and delaying and delaying. Finally, we just, I was like, we're going to go. So I got our Alchemist. And then Noma last year had run a special where you could, uh, you could like prepay a certain amount of money. And then you got first access to booking reservations. So I did that. So I have, I still have credit at Noma. So, so that was nice. So I could kind of, they, they let you pick three days. That they're like, give us three days and we'll get you into one of those. So it ended up working out great that we that I could get those two reservations. And then I was like, what are the other reservations that we need to go to in Copenhagen? And every, everyone had told us that you need to go to Jordanat. So I booked that. And then um, I had a couple friends on the Hungries, which is a... Which, you all should look at joining. It's really, it's a cool, um, it's basically an online community that um, Anders Husa and uh, Caitlin Orr started. He's a big food blogger in Copenhagen, and she's actually from LA, and they have a group called The Hungries. If you just Google Hungries, and then it gives you access to this, uh, basically a, a chat, like Discord it's called, and you can go on and you can ask people like where, like that. when we were going to South of France, I was like, where should we go in the south of France? Like 17 people chimed in where we should go. So it's, uh, that's a cool group. But they all said we should go to Alouette. So those are the four that we did in Copenhagen. And then I was like, you know, we need to do something. This is a baby moon. We need to go all out. We're not going to back to Europe. So I was talking to Sam Hart of Counter with a dash um, <laughs> in Charlotte. And he said, why don't you go to Mirazor? That's one, that's one of the only number one restaurants in the world you haven't been to. And then I looked online, and there just happened to be one reservation left for a Sunday we could go. And I was like, perfect, we're going to go there. So that's kind of how the trip was formed, <laughs> based off of uh, restaurants. Um, I have to say that Copenhagen, I mean, the, the 50 best restaurants in the world just came out. And Noma was number one, and Geranium was number two, I think. So, as far as high end, um, 
I don't think there's any better place in the world for restaurants right now than Copenhagen. Not only do you have that, you have Alchemist, which was on the list somewhere. Um, and Jordan Air was amazing. And they just, they, and um, we, I haven't been to, I think it's called Kadao. I'm sure I said that wrong. That's supposed to be amazing. There's just so many amazing restaurants. And, and not just the top tier, but every tier, you go to like the local pizza place is amazing. The shawarma place across the street is amazing. Like they've just, from top down, I don't think there's a better city in the world for food right now. Um, and I'm not the only person who thinks that. So if you're a foodie and you want to go someplace, Copenhagen is the place to go. So let's talk about the first place we went was Jordna. And it's spelled J-O-R-D-N. And then the A-E combo. I don't know what that is. But that's a Nordic uh, lettering thing, R. And this is run by uh, a couple, Tina and Eric. They, uh, Eric was kind of in a game, kind of a similar story to Tim Rao, actually, out of uh, Berlin. But kind of in a game, didn't know what he, what he wanted to do, was in trouble a lot. Um, and then met Tina and got her pregnant, knocked her up, and she kind of gave him an ultimatum. Ultimatum. Uh, It's like, you have to either commit or I'm leaving. So they decided to open up Jordana together. Um, And it's on the outskirts of Copenhagen. So I didn't quite know where it was, and I looked at Dude and I'm like, oh, shit, this is like a 30-minute train ride outside of Copenhagen. Uh, So... You basically take the train there, and it's in a, a three-star hotel, which is like, I would say that's like a courtyard by Marriott situation. So imagine going to a courtyard by Marriott and having a two-mission-star restaurant in there. That's what this was like. But looking back, it was an incredible meal. One of the best meals I think we've ever had. I think Yvonne and I both agreed that it was the best meal of the trip and you could just the service just the warmth of tina and eric when you when you walk in you know it's a 18 seater something like that so you walk in tina greets you tina's front of the house she greets you she she and and you can tell this is you can tell that they've like actually looked at, at your reservation booking because she was like, oh, I can, like, I'm so glad you finally made it. I know you've been, like, you know, trying to come here for two years. And then, which I thought was a nice touch. And then later, when Eric came out to talk to us, he said the same thing. He's like, he's like, I heard you've been trying to come here for so long. We're so glad you made it here. So just that little touch of just, it's not that hard for the restaurant to do. Just remember one thing about each guest and, and say it. it. Makes you feel so welcome. Um, the, when we asked Eric, like, what's the most important thing about the restaurant? He's like, the most important thing I can do is get the best ingredients, the freshest ingredients. So he's not so concerned about getting ingredients from Denmark. Like a lot of the other ones are like Noma is really focused on very, very hyper local. Although they've kind of branched out a little bit too. Um, he's just about the best. And this, this thing, like some of the coolest dishes 
we've ever had. They, their signature dish, I would say, they have a, uh, they do a shrimp waffle that kind of looks like a Michelin star uh, with a whole bunch of caviar in the middle and then shrimp underneath. That one was excellent. Uh, they freaking, this was, I think, the most expensive meal we've ever had. <laughs> but, I mean, it for the amount of caviar they give you and truffles, like, it is truffle and caviar all over the place. One of my favorite dishes was just, they did a caviar, like a huge, I don't know how many grams of caviar, but a huge amount of caviar, and then they put a little, uh, it was some sort of berry and green tea liquid that they put in the middle that they mix with it as a sauce that was excellent but but the star of the show for me they did this uh this honey and they described it was tasmanian honey from tasmania look it up if you don't know where it is it's in australia the tasmanian devil you all know uh you can only harvest this apparently it's a it's a nature preserve or something where they get this honey you can only harvest it for a couple weeks out of the year so they get this honey, they they filled it in the most beautiful honeycomb green looking structure. It's one of the most beautiful dishes I've ever had. I, we posted it on our Instagram, so go look at it. And then they filled it with honey and these other things and, and milk ice cream and you just ate it and it was so good. It was incredible. So if you're if you're in Copenhagen, and it, it's only got two Michelin stars, and I don't know how the hell this place only has two Michelin stars. This should be, I mean, easily, I don't know how it's not three Michelin stars. Um, we've been to so many worse three Michelin stars in this place. But it's uh, kind of a little off the beaten path, and that's probably why. But, I mean, just the nicest people and the best meal it was it was one of those nights that was just magical where after you're over you're like what just happened this was amazing and when we're walking back to the train station you're just like what happened those are the best when you're not quite sure what you're getting into and then you go and it just exceeds your expectations and then you're just reminiscing about it and how much you loved it you can't beat those so highly recommend Jordan. All right, next we went to Alouette. So Alouette is a one Michelin star. Um, it's uh, it's 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 not as fancy. It's only a five course, um, but it's super reasonably priced for the. It says five course, but you probably get seven or eight. With they give you a little, you know, some amuse bouche and some other things. Um, so it's on the other side there's kind of a i don't know if it's a river or part of the bay that kind of separates copenhagen uh it's on the other side and you walk and the address kind of takes you to this little courtyard and you're not sure where you are because there's no signs and then this guy (laughs) this little scottish guy just like hey come with me we're like okay so he takes you (laughs) if a scottish guy ever comes out and is like hey follow me you just have to do it um, so we, we go up these stairs and then we're in Alouette and it had some of, there was a couple dishes that I think about all the time from there by all the time. I mean, over the last couple weeks that I really enjoyed, um, three actually. So they, they served a Danish squid, which they, they cut really thin 
and then they served it with a habanero sauce, but they had taken the spice out of the habanero, so it was just the flavor of the habanero on top. Um, and they grilled the squid, and I I thought that was excellent. They also served kind of an egg custard type dish. Uh, they described it as a Chinese or Japanese, I don't remember, type of egg custard, but it just had so many levels of flavor. And then they had a pear dessert that had these pears and salted caramel, and that was just a very refreshing end to the meal. Super relaxed. The, the two, uh, the best part, though, was talking to, uh, they're very super personable. Um, one of the main chefs is Nick, who is from America, and um, he actually, so so we walked up, and when we go first, and he like started, t- he talked with us for about two minutes uh, at the very beginning. Didn't quite realize he was the owner slash head chef. Then as we're walking out, he they normally because you someone has to walk you down the stairs and wherever because kind of a mystery how to get out. So he comes up and he's like, "I'll take you out." So he walks us out and we start talking. And uh, turns out he went to NYU like I did same year two thousand nine. Um, he's married. To, he got to Denmark because he married a Danish supermodel. <laughs> uh, and um, he, I, I was like, why are all the Danish women so beautiful? And he told me that the Vikings, you know, when they pillaged, they didn't just bring back, like, the shitty-looking women. They brought back the hot women. So that's how Denmark, why all, they're all beautiful. Uh, sounds about right. Didn't fat check it, but he spent uh, he spent literally thirty minutes outside, just talking with us. He walked he walked with us like halfway back to our place, which was thirty minutes away. Like, could not have been nicer, and that was really like a nice touch to add. Like, the fact that he spent all this time just hanging out with us was amazing. And we talked about NYU, and we t- I asked him, you know, why he started this and what other places he likes in Copenhagen, and it was it was. So nice. Very rarely do you get that much time with a chef that's that's just you know that just adds such a personal touch to the meal that we'll never forget. So I love that. So highly recommend Alouette. Um, and they're super. It's super cool. That's actually it. It's a good like. You're not sure if you want to do a four hour tasting menu, and you just want to kind of a step in to a higher level that's more approachable, Alouette's great for you. So highly recommend that. Okay. Then we kind of took, that, that's all we did the first week. That's pl- two, two Michelin star restaurants is plenty for the first week. The other, the other thing we like, there's a lot of great casual food. So Noma just opened up uh, during the whole pandemic, they had to basically all restaurants had to close. So they opened up. They they changed Noma into like a pop up burger place. I'm sure you saw all saw it on Instagram. It was the talk of the town. So when Noma opened back up, they decided that they were going to open up a separate um, burger place permanently. Um, they closed down 108, which was their other. They have a they have bar 108 in Noma. 108 was. Um, the first time we ate there, we didn't like it. The second time, we thought it was good, but I guess it just wasn't doing as well. So they closed that down and then turned that space into this 
uh, Poppelberger, P-O-P-L. Um, so their main two things are a regular burger and a veggie burger. We got the regular burger first time. It was okay. And then I was like, I need to go back and try the veggie burger. Because I looked online and the way they did it with basically taking a lot of stuff from, from the Noma fermentation lab. I was like, I gotta try it. And this thing was amazing. So it's made with quinoa and spelt. I'm probably not saying that right. Um, and then they somehow do some sort of 24-hour fermentation where they basically get it like a patty. And then they slather it with some sort of uh, garum from the Noma Fermentation Lab. And that's the magic. I don't know what it is, but it's so good. And I was actually thinking, like, so it doesn't taste like a regular hamburger, but it kind of has the consistency of a McDonald's hash brown. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, like, just, you know when you bite into, like, the perfect McDonald's hash brown, you're like, this is amazing. It's kind of like that little thicker, but just had, like, the garum they put on it just had the 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 juice, the meat juice feel. And it was so, it was so good. It was amazing. If you go to Copenhagen, you have to go here and just get that. If you can't make it to Noma, it's it's worth it. It was so good. I, w- I only got it once. I wish I would have got it 17 times. I wish I would have taken some home. Um, it was that good. That was, like, maybe the best thing I ate the whole trip. You know, there was dishes, obviously, at these fine dining restaurants that were amazing. But as far as, like, enjoyment and and just tasting good, I freaking love that Noma veggie burger. So cannot recommend that enough. I think the best burger in town is Gasoline Grill, which I think we've talked about on the pod. But it's this guy, Danish. He went, basically, he toured around America and, like, trying to figure out the best burger. And he they cook all the burgers medium rare. And the best one is called the butter burger, where they basically just take a burger and then they put, like, grass-fed butter on top while it's cooking so it melts down. It's so juicy and delicious. So, highly recommend that. Um, so then, after the first week, we go to France. I know. Our life is difficult <laughs> so we we fly into nice um because mirzer is in menton which is uh basically a 30 minute train ride it's right on the border with italy like literally when you're in mirzer i think you're 200 feet away from italy um so we if i were to do it again i wouldn't stay in nice nice is like you know it's kind of a big city it's cool but I would have stayed either in Menton. Menton was a really cool little town. Or we went to uh, Saint-Tropez the next day. Like, one of these small towns. Uh, it's The south of France is amazing. Great weather. We went, I mean, when we went, it was 70 degrees. Um, it was a perfect time to go. And uh, it's just, you know, just it's the Mediterranean. There's just sun and... It's a completely different vibe than North Europe. You know, it's there's a lot more dust. Like, just, you know, the the way the buildings are built. It just has a whole different feel and vibe. The Italy, Spain, 
South of France vibe is just it's it's a great it's amazing. Um, we obviously ate a bunch of pastries, so many good pastries. Like man, they're amazing. Um, but the highlight was Mirazur. So we take the train. We walk from the train station. I think what I love about going to these Michelin star places is like we're definitely the youngest people. Not quite, but uh, normally pretty young in this crowd. And uh, <laughs> they, I think we're the only people who don't take taxis or Rolls Royces to these places. So we like show up walking and they're like so confused. And they're like, are you going to take a taxi back? And we're like, no, we'll walk to the train station with my six-month uh, pregnant wife. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but so Mirazur, it's... An interesting, I think they literally change the menu every couple days. And they do it based on the lunar calendar. So apparently every couple days, based on where the moon is, it's better for different types of food. So when we were there, it was the roots couple days. They have a flowers, they have a fruits. I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. So every couple days, the menu changes, which is high degree of difficulty. Um, like I said, we were there for the roots. So so when you walk in, they have all these roots on the table. So carrots, onions, garlic, sweet potatoes. Just a big lump. We had carrots on our table. So, and then everything's kind of based off of roots. So you start, and we've got, they give you a little, um, these, most michelin star restaurants, they like to start, and I think this is pretty French, too. I could be wrong. Um, but they start with, like, a bunch of little appetizers, like little one-biters. So our one-biters were basically all um, root-focused. So we had a celeriac root. We had, like, a burnt onion thing. Um, all very good. And then as we progress through the meal, everything, you know, we have a fish, but it has a carrot sauce on it. So everything kind of stays within that root um, vibe. The uh, They serve you bread, and then our butter was a carrot butter shaped like a carrot. I thought the outstanding dish to me, um, they did a sea bass and a carrot it was kind of a carrot progression with uh, a sea bass that was cooked amazingly. And then they had like a little carrot soup and uh, a carrot um, mousse. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, one of the, the favorite things that they had, they brought over the cheese. So they have like a huge just uh, carton of cheese, kind of how we had it in a little Washington. And they let you sample all these cheeses, and the cheeses were fantastic. I mean, you're in France. You're in cheese. You're in cheese land. If they offer you a wheel of cheese, you eat the whole wheel of cheese. So, I thought that was amazing. I thought overall, so it's kind of hard to judge Mirazur because I didn't think it reached the highs. Like I didn't think any dish we had was super provocative or like wow that's amazing but 
they were really focusing on the ingredients and they do change it up every couple days. So I think it's one of those places where you need to go a few times to really see the differences in the menu um, to get a really accurate vibe of how great it is. Because it's just hard, especially, you know, I'm not a chef. I don't know what's going on. I think if you were a chef and you came, you could, you could see all the how they did everything. Everything tasted. Like, there was nothing that tasted bad. Like, there was no misses. Nothing cooked wrong. Like, everything seemed to be executed very well. But just seemed to be missing to me, like, a wow factor or, you know, something super memorable. Like, this one's kind of going to fade away. Um, I think in a couple, you know, when we look back in a couple of years, like, I don't know if we're going to remember any of the dishes here where, you know, I'll know, like, I can basically recite from memory all the Nomo meals I've had, everything I've had there. I'll remember stuff from Jordanaire on this trip, and I'll remember... Um, even Alouette, I'll remember things, but I just don't know Mirazer for I'm going to remember stuff. Um, but it's also a completely different, you know, I think it's very traditional French in a way. You know, not trying to, just trying to serve things very well, well-prepared French techniques, not trying to do anything crazy. So I can, I respect that. Um, and I think that's cool. I just don't, um, I, I feel like I need to go back again and that's probably not going to happen because it's expensive. <laughs> so it's not one of those where you can just, you know, go every week and try different things. So that was Mirazer. Um, I'm trying to think what else we liked about the South of France as far as food goes. Well, I love just walking around the towns and then there's always like these little, you know, markets where they'll make you a little sandwich. So you, you like pick the cheese and the meat and they make you a sandwich. I love doing that. They do that in Italy too. Um, and Spain and probably all over Europe, but just getting the fret, like picking out your fresh cheese and your fresh, uh, ham, not kosher meat. So good. So that was nice. Then back to Copenhagen for our final, uh, week and our final two big meals that I was looking forward to the most, which was Noma and then Alchemist. So Noma was the first one we did. This was Game and Forest season. So just to recap, they do three different seasons. Seafood, January to May. Then they do vegetable until September. And then they do the uh, game and forest from end of September till December. So it was, this was a meal, you know, the first time we went to Noma was so, such a wow, such a like, what the hell is happening? This is incredible. This was our third, which we are blessed, hashtag blessed, to uh, be able to go to Noma three times and to do all the seasons. Um, but it's, it takes a lot more to wow once you've, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a problem they've created. They've, they've hit the highs of the highs that like you're kind of expecting to get back there. And I don't know if it's possible to get after you've been there once and you get all these amazing things. It's just hard to, it's hard as the diner 
to experience those wow factors again. But looking back, you know, in the moment, we were like, we like this better than the seafood season, which was the second we went to, not as good as the vegetable season. Um, I think looking back at the dishes, I think this was a pretty amazing menu that they've done. So just starting with the first thing they give you is reindeer brain custard. So they serve it to you in a reindeer skull. They bring it out. It's looking at you, and then you flip it over, and the custard's in there. The reindeer brain kind of tasted, it had like a foie gras type of creamy, um, rich vibe. And then they topped it on top with a chestnut puree. Uh, It was hard to know if this was good or bad (laughs) because it was just flavors you'd never had. Like, you know, I'm not going to Harris Teeter and being like, hey, I'll take some reindeer brain. (laughs) So it was kind of hard to know if it was good or bad because the flavors were just so different than what you're used to. But I thought it was a cool first dish to be like, hey, you're about to you're about to eat some shit <laughs> that you've never eaten before. And then they kind of after that they went through a few different uh, smaller bites, which were all delicious. Our, I think the favorite one for me they they had an oregano, a Mexican oregano leaf sandwich filled with truffles. And this oregano leaf is so good. Rene Redzepi's posted about it on his Instagram a bunch of times. But just this leaf just has such a deep flavor with the truffles. It was so good. And then they, the next dish, they served a wild boar speck. So basically they took, they take the belly of the boar and slice it super thin and then stack it. So it's on a little skewer. And then you eat that. And they served it with Hen of the Woods mushrooms, which they, which they lather with some sort of garum from the... Uh, fermentation lab that was amazing 10 out of 10 then they served us a little apple salad that was filled with ants so this was like the first time we had a grasshopper mole but you didn't you couldn't really like see the grasshopper was kind of mixed all in but this was cool because like they had the little ants like they were in there just ants and and uh and apples and they were, it, 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 it's such a good taste. The next day when we went to Alchemist, <laughs> we we got sat pretty close to two, like, older guys. Seemed like Americans. Like, and they were literally the two guys from the Muppets. And at the very beginning, they asked you, like, is there anything that you are allergic to or don't want to eat? And I just overheard them saying that this one guy was like, I don't eat insects. It's not that I haven't tried them. I just don't think they had any flavor or anything, so don't bring me any insects. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny, but I thought the the ants it, it I I thought it added like a nice little. It's hard to describe the flavor, but just added like kind of a nice little texture and flavor combo to the apples, which I thought were really good. Um. The other cool thing they so they served us bear. Never had bear before. I was talking to a coworker here, and he's he's had bear. So, as I wrote in our my little write up, you're either from Appalachia, <laughs> or or you go to Noma to try bear. Um, they made it in a little dumpling, and then they served you a little spoon, where you could like get the bear flavor. 
I don't know if I got the bear flavor. I don't think my palate's good enough to, like, if I had bear again, could I taste the flavor of it? Pretty sure I couldn't. But I thought it was really cool. And I, I thought the way they presented it tasted very well. The main dish was wild duck. Literally, they have, when you walked in, they had just these dead wild ducks everywhere. <laughs> and they serve this with these really cool sides of leaves and pickled things. It's definitely a Noma specialty where, like, you know, they're serving you the main dish, but all these little side things are kind of the star of the show. And they served the little pine cone, which we love. The, it's just the sweet pickled pine cone. God bless you, Noma. You perfected it. So good. Um, the next thing that was really cool was they served us a sumac. Uh, it's not really a leaf, but it's not a fruit. I don't. I don't know what you would, how you would describe. It, but you you don't eat the sumac, but you dip the sumac into the broth. It was a mushroom broth. And then you soak, and then you sucked it from the sumac. So you got like kind of the sumac flavor without eating the sumac. That was something super cool I've never done before. Then the first, then the desserts come. The desserts we thought were a little, eh. I just don't know if we're cool enough to get it. So the first one was, uh, it was just like a milk ice cream that they served with a scoby, like a kombucha scoby. They had. They had taken like a huge layer of scoby and put it on top. And we actually got served this twice. This was a big mess up by Noma. They they brought it to us and then they came back with it again. And we're looking at them and he's like, you guys already got this, didn't you? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, but he left it for us, which I thought was good. Like you don't want to take it away if you've already given it to us. So we got to try this twice which was our least favorite dish of the whole night, so it was kind of interesting. I just didn't... I got it. I just didn't think the flavors really worked very well. Um, I thought... And the ice cream was too hard. The ice cream, they, they needed to let it sit like a minute or so more so it got a little bit softer. Um, so that was kind of the one miss for me. The next one, they served uh, saffron ice cream with layers of chocolate. I like that, but I didn't think it was anything incredible. But the last d dessert dish was incredible, and they served, it was a reindeer caramel. So they took basically a bone of the reindeer, turned it over, and then you um, and then you turned it over, and then it revealed kind of the marrow uh, was caramelized with berries, and it was, that was delicious. I could have had 17 of those. So, you know, uh, the Noma menus are always super well thought out. I think um, I think looking back on this, it was really cool um, and definitely worth uh, Noma's, I mean, Noma's my favorite restaurant in the world. I would go there every day if I could. But I think this, this menu was really something special, and I think they did a very good job. And I, I think as time progressed and I thought about it more, it kind of hit you even more, which I think is kind of a cool thing to happen when you go to a restaurant like this. Is for you to, there's so many layers. So you have the layer, you know, your expectations when you go there, the actual experience. And then as you think about it and you think about what you're served, you kind of get like another layer to the whole meal.
It's very difficult to pull off. Um, we thought the service was a little, eh. Like, the first thing they said when we sat down was like, oh, we hear this is your first time? We're like, no, this is our third time, bro. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what happened. I think our particular waitress was not good. The The main people, so they kind of have, like, you know, one person who's kind of in charge of maybe two tables or three tables and then there's someone over them and all those people are amazing like the head sommelier the head of um the whole experience and they have like other people they're all amazing i think this lady although i think she'd been here i think she was definitely here the last time she was a little she could have been better (laughs) for sure but i love no i'd go back all right final thing before we get you out of here and that's alchemist Alchemist is insane. It's it's one of the it's the craziest craziest restaurant I've ever been to. It was six hours. It was honestly it was too long. Too many they call the dishes experiences. So they had fifty plus experiences, little dishes. In five different acts. So you walk in and it's like, I don't know, the gates of Babylon. <laughs> like huge brass gates. You just walk up and then the gates open. And you're brought into the first act, which was someone playing a violin. So you're just brought into this super dark room and then all of a sudden a light appears on this lady and she plays this violin song, which is apparently a Swedish um, fairy tale uh, story that they explain later. Then they take you to the first room, which is basically a little bar, and they have a huge wine cellar, and they have their experimentation lab, which literally looks like you're in Star Trek. It looks like it was insane. And they bring you out the first of your experiences, and these are some of the best. So the best one here, they serve a perfect omelet. So they, so I asked them like, how long does it, like, how often do you change the menu? And they're basically like, it, they come up with a new dish once a month. It normally takes them. Some of these dishes take up to eighteen to twenty months to perfect. So they said this dish took eighteen months to perfect, and it's like a one bite omelet, and in the middle is like cheese and truffles. And it was so good. It was incredible. They also have, they have four, this restaurant, I I was, I think it took 15 million to build. I mean, it's insane. And they have four computer programmers on staff because they have this, just so much technology going on. So four computer programmers, that's got to be like $500,000 a year, just on the programmers. So this, this budget is insane. But they, they have developed a whole iPad app for their uh, wine and beverage tastings. So they have, I don't know how many wines they have, a couple thousand. Um, they're all on this iPad that they've developed so you can like search based off of the country or the flavor profile or whatever. It's amazing. Then they take you to the main room, which is where you have most of your uh, meal. And this main room, it's like a planetarium. So you walk in, it's just 
streens. The streens are just it's just a planetarium with a different uh, something playing, and each one is meant to give you a different emotion. So the first when we walked in, the first one it was a bunch of eyeballs, and it was supposed to basically say that you're always being watched and surveillance. And then they had one with Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales. Then they had one of jellyfish, so that it was in the ocean, so it was much smoother. And then they had one in the woods, and it was amazing. Just like you're just sitting there, and you're in this planetarium, and they bring you out all these crazy dishes, and they are wild. <laughs> uh, the The first one we got was an eyeball that was supposed to be like 1984. That's what they called it. Like, someone's always watching you, kind of what was on the screen. And uh, they, it's like a little caviar, and I forgot what else. And it's just, it just goes on from there. The highlights for me, they served a perfect, uh, it was supposed to be a play on a lobster roll. So they served you a crab leg that had been, like, fried in something... I don't know what it was. And then you dipped it in this batter. It was like a sauce, that, and it tasted like a lobster roll, and it was so good. The other thing that I loved, that, that and there was just, like, you were licking stuff off tons, and, like, it was it was, it was just an experience. The whole thing was a crazy experience. You ate a butterfly. Uh, but I think my favorite thing, so they brought out literally, they, they brought you gloves, and they brought you basically a snowball. They're like in a little thing of olive oil. They're like just dip the snowball in olive oil with these gloves on and eat it because you're eating a snowball. And it was, and they asked you to guess the flavor, and it was a tomato flavor snowball that you dipped in olive oil. And I thought that was so cool. Like you're literally eating a snowball. Like so many different emotions and playfulness. Uh, and what I loved about this too was the chef uh, Rasmus. He was, he was, like, there from the beginning to the end. So you saw him. He was serving you dishes. He was talking with you. I love that. It was amazing. So, um, and what was cool was, so we're in the very first, uh, the first room, the little, like, Star Trek. And we asked our, the person that was helping us. I thought that was the chef. I was like, is that the main chef? And she's like, yeah, that's my husband. So we ended up getting the, as our main person, uh, the chef's wife, who was also part owner and amazing. So it's another family uh, restaurant that was just, you, you can just, you go to some of these places and you can just tell that they really care about you having a good time. And at the very end, um, and we'll get to that, but at the very end, when they, they bring you, the, the chef brings you the bill and tells you, thank you so much for dining here. I hope you enjoyed it. And I just thought that's a nice little touch. I've never had the chef bring you out the bill after a six-hour meal um, and just letting you, just saying how much he appreciated you coming. It's just a nice touch. Some other highlights that I liked. Um they serve an Andy Warhol banana, which I thought tasted very well. Had like a little, I, I love banana flavor. So that was probably my favorite dessert. And then the 
so that's the third act. And they take you. And it looks like the fourth act's going to be in the kitchen. So they're like, because we could see people like go through the kitchen. So we're like, oh, we're going to go to the kitchen. So they take you. And then you're just put into this pink room. Uh, it's completely pink. There's a table with two chairs. And then there's a lady in there. And it's just music. And she she doesn't talk. She just points at you. And we're like, what do we do? We're just like standing there. So like we both sit down. And then all of a sudden, there's a there's someone comes on the intercom, and they're like, listen to these instructions. And you're basically told to take your index finger, dip it <laughs> in. They have a little uh, custard in front of you. Like, dip it in there, put it up in the air, and then lick it off your finger. And then dance music starts happening, and then the lady gets you up, and you start dancing with her. And <laughs> it, was, it was such a fun, like just like a way for you to just like relax and like dance and have a good time. Yvonne loved it, but it was, it was like, you know, you didn't see it coming and it was super interesting and fun. Uh, and then the last place they take you. So after that, they walk you through the kitchen and then they take you up an elevator to the very top. And this is where you can kind of see this whole thing's like, you kind of don't have a, where you are when you're in those first couple things, but they take you to the very top and you can kind of see that in this warehouse where everything was, where the wine cellar slash Star Trek room was, where the planetarium was, and you're kind of above it all. And then you have your last couple bites there. And uh, you're, you're kind of just allowed to relax and you can have an after-dinner cocktail or a coffee or whatever you want. By this time, it was six hours in and we're like, so we started it. Our reservation was at 7, so this was, like, 1 a.m., <laughs> and uh, I'm, like, I'm so tired at this point that I'm, like, we got to get out of here, but it was so, like, I definitely think it, my critique of it is we spent too much time in the main room. I think they needed, like, two more rooms for you to take you in because you're sitting there for three hours or four hours maybe. And it's super cool, but, like, it just kind of felt like it was dragging a little bit. Um, And, you know, it's hard to pull off. What they're trying to pull off is incredible. I mean, a 50-course tasting menu. Uh, And you could tell the passion. And every dish had a story and was well thought out. I I love that. I definitely thought there were some misses. But, you know, there's going to be some misses when you're trying 50 courses. And people aren't going to like everything. So... Uh, overall though, it was amazing. I wish we wouldn't have done it as the last one. I think it would have been better to do earlier in the trip. Cause by the time you've done all these restaurants, like the last one, the sits hour one <laughs> is kind of a tough one to do, but I loved it. It was unlike anything we've ever done. And it, it it's like really the show, like this is a show. Um, so I think if you've like, if you open your mind a little bit and you're like, I'm going to go have a sits hour fun ride. I think you'll love it. So definitely recommend it. I will. I, I want to go back. Um, and <laughs> cause it was just so wild. And she said that there's, they bring, they do a thing with the Copenhagen schools and they bring like the children in and they do it. So we're hoping to bring our boy, maybe like four or five years old. We're going to bring him to Alchemist. She said we could Tina. No, that wasn't Tina. Whatever your name was, you were amazing. We're going to bring the baby. 
and that's it. Man, what a trip. Loved it. If you're still with me here <laughs> and haven't cut out, uh, go to Copenhagen. It's great. If you love food, you can't go any place better, I don't think. And that's it. Wow. Um, back in Charlotte now. Getting ready for the baby. We were just in Charleston, so I had a work thing in Charleston. And I have to give one shout-out. Best thing I ate this week. I went to Miller's All Day, which is on Keene Street, um, a breakfast spot. Really good. They have um, a banana bread they top with, like, homemade Nutella sauce and bananas. And it's so good. And I also had a country biscuit there was amazing. So if you're in Charleston and you're not super hungover and you can go to breakfast, go to Miller's all day on King Street. Definitely worth your time. And uh, with that, our time is done. I'll be back, my fellow pancakes. Hope you all have a great week. And uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>